0: So with Pesach just about a week or so away I have been on the lookout for interesting topics in halacha that relate to Pesach that I might want to talk about, that I might want to discuss, speak about. Uh, which is why we're going to be speaking right now about birth control. Now I can hear you asking, uh, how does that follow from what I just said? How did we get from Pesach to birth control? And the answer is that while I was looking through various tshuvahs, svarim, for interesting discussions relating to Pesach, I happened to stumble upon an interesting tshuvah or tshuvahs, interesting discussion regarding birth control. And it just so happens that the chuva, or as we shall see perhaps even chuvas that I want to discuss are actually dated with today's date, Monday. Uh, today's date was Hey Nissen. And these tshuvahs were written in Hei Nissen about 60 years ago. And I figure if those him, I'd nothing better to discuss a few days a week before Pesach than the topic of birth control, Menias Heroyin, then so can I. We can also discuss this, same very, this very topic uh, around this time. And at any rate, it's what you might call a perennial topic, kol yoyim v'yoyim Every day, uh, this is a topic that is relevant and applicable and uh, relates to many people's lives And it's probably a topic that uh, we're all interested in learning more about So we're going to jump in I'm going to start with a tshuva in Chalkas Yaakov I've uh, mentioned Chalkas Yaakov uh, a number of times in the past uh, Most recently, I believe, in one of these shiorem recorded here So I'm not going to repeatedly introduce him but the authors of Mordechai Akiv Breish, who was a rav in Switzerland in Zurich, Zirich, and he is one of the Chashev Epoiskim, the Shaloset Shuvas Chakas Yaakov is one of the Chashev uh, Shaloset Shuvas of the the post-war era. And in the original uh, edition, <laughs> each sefer uh, included new shuvas that he had written. So this was printed in Chel <laughs> Gimel. Simon Samach Bez, believe Chele Gimel was printed in the year Tafshin Chavav, so around, around 1966. Uh, as I've mentioned before, Chalkez Yaakov has been reprinted and reorganized by Urdach Haim Ezer, Ebenezer Mishpah. So today, in the newer edition, it's in Chalkez Yaakov Chele Gimel Ebenezer Simon Samach Aleph. So the number is only moved over by one. It used to be Chele Gimel Simon Samach Beiz. now it's Chele Gimel Ebenezer Simon Samach Aleph. And we find a very interesting tshuva that he wrote, addressed, L'chvoid, Gavre, Rabbi, Yakira Harava, Goin, etc. Rabbi Yaakov, Hakoyin, Shadayto, Yofe, Yechunne, Zaltzer Rav Adosai, Adas Yeshurun, Beir, Johannesburg, Be'Africa, Hadraimis. So this is written to a Rabbi Yaakov, Seltzer, who's a Rav of the community Adas Yeshurun in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, looked him up a bit. You can look him up as well. He was, in fact, the Rav of this Yekesha, very German Kahila that uh, was founded in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, in the uh, 1900s, early, ni- earlier uh, part of the 1900s. And he was a Rav there throughout uh, the early decades of the second half of the 1900s. And uh, he's a name who uh, crops up in different charles such as uh, Yaakov, etc. And this is one such case. And what's interesting is that the Chalkus Yaakov actually quotes the Shaila that Rabbi Seltzer sent him uh, back to him for our benefit, so we can see what the question was. And so Reb Reish writes that you wrote to me that the local newspapers have been making this great deal out of the fact that doctors in England have invented the pill for birth control to prevent pregnancies, and it's already being put to great use. And a local doctor here in South Africa told me, Rabbi Salzer, that the way these pills work is that they interrupt the cycle, and the woman therefore cannot become pregnant. And the doctor added his medical opinion, told Rabbi Salzer, that he, at the point at this point, is still not recommending that women use these pills for a prolonged amount of time because there hasn't been enough research, there hasn't been, there haven't been enough studies, hasn't been proven sufficiently that there might not be any harmful side effects uh for the woman's health from using these pills uh for a sustained amount of time so this doctor in particular at this point is only recommending to use them in emergency situations and uh, even in those cases only for a very limited amount of time so what, what are we talking about when let's just pause here for a second so th- this chuva is dated hey nissen tov so that's uh 1962, like I said, uh, basically about 60 years ago, 61 years ago. And I did want to go cross-reference check the timeline of the pill to see how it lines up and to see if I understand what Robert Salter is talking about. So if you look it up, you can look it up online, um, you'll actually find online there are uh, some detailed timelines of the development of the pill, of course, uh, celebrated by many. Uh, so, you know, there are very happy to share the precise uh, details, the precise timeline of how the pill was developed. Uh, And it's a long story. We're not going to get into all of that. But what we need to know for the purposes of this discussion is, and I'm going to quote from a shorter timeline from The Guardian. The Guardian writes, uh, from an article in 2007, The pill, a combination of the hormones estrogen and progestin, was developed in the U.S. in the 1950s, by the American biologist, Dr. Gregory Pincus. It was approved for release in 1960, and take up was swift. Within two years, it was being used by 1.2 million American women. It was introduced in the UK on the NHS, the NHS, of course, being the uh, British healthcare system, introduced in the UK on the NHS in 1961 for married women only, this lasted until 1967, and is now taken by however uh, many women in Britain, etc. Uh, so that's the history that's relevant uh, to uh, our discussion. So I'm not sure what precisely Rabbi Salzer meant when he said that it was invented by doctors in England. Not sure what that's about. Uh, the pill as we know it, the famous pill, uh, you know, this, like we said, that show was written in Nissen, the beginning of 1962. Uh, so this... Seemingly tracks with the uh, development and introduction of the pill to the wider public as a birth control method around this time 1960 1961 and that means that this Shaila it's not hasn't literally just been invented uh, the other day But it is a fairly Early question and discussion regarding this topic. So pretty close to the beginning and Sounds like it's uh, somewhat of news to Rabbi Breish himself. Rabbi Seltzer informing him, letting him know, telling him what the story is. And now halacha has to express, uh, the halachic authorities have to express an opinion about this new phenomenon. And Rabbi Seltzer continues and says, now that we know that, what's happening is, he's a root of a community, and now, Noshim Kshedis, good, firm women, who were told by their doctors, advised by the doctors to take the pill, are now crowding my door, they're asking, can we get the heter? Can we have the heter to take the pill? And the reason why we don't want to do that is, if the doctor's saying that there's a reason, the doctor's saying that it's dangerous, so that means the doctor is essentially saying that we ought not to get pregnant. So that's the first thing the doctor is saying is don't get pregnant. And then the doctor is suggesting that in order to avoid that, you take the pill. That way, you can continue living with your husband, even during the time when the doctor says you can't get pregnant, Otherwise, you won't get pregnant, but you also can't live a normal married life. So that's what the pill would be uh, solving. That would be the help, the, the benefit. Now the question is, though, that there's a large range of situations in which doctors are saying that women shouldn't get pregnant. Sometimes it might be actual physical danger, real cause of concern. But there are some cases in which Mamish. we wouldn't say that it's Direct physical harm, like different terms for exhaustion, tiredness, nerves. Uh, you know, having the having the births uh, too close together. Mother is nursing uh, a little baby, a few months old, and it's hard to take care of. To little children and while being pregnant, and, and tinyness like that, arguments like that. And you come to the doctor with this uh, argument, the doctors will say, Okay, sure, uh, don't get pregnant for a certain amount of time, or maybe even uh, long term. He says, Legamre. And uh, the women that are asking, they're in this horus, we're talking about from women that are looking to do the right thing, and they're asking the rub now, What's the story? We need to know uh, what the Allah is in the new reality that we live in today. The reality, the world uh, after the pill. Uh, and would it at least be mutter for some kind of limited amount of time until their situation improves? And uh, that's the question of B'Saltzer sent to Rebraish. Rebraish says, Now you've, uh, you've unloaded this uh, problem at my door, it's on my shoulders. I have to now answer this tough question. And I think speaking myself, I think uh, this shuva from Ebreyesh is instructive in that, first of all, like I said, we get to see the pretty immediate response to this new question arriving on the scene, but also just in the way that he goes about answering and the various uh, points and themes that he hits, and uh, it's an interesting discussion. And The first thing he does is by really giving a little musr which probably won't be unfamiliar, it's the kind of message we probably do tend to hear a lot within our world, the firm world. So the first point that Ibrahim makes before he gets to discussing the halacha, discussing a Tatum, he says, my dear friend, it's very difficult, very, very difficult to get involved, intervene from a distance in matters like this, because often the question isn't fully on the level. They're not being so truthful and honest in how they present the question, and the doctors often exaggerate, they take it very far, very fast because to the doctors, you know, they don't care, it's not a big deal to them skip a pregnancy, avoid pregnancy, who cares, why not? So for the slightest pretext, they're willing to say, sure, there's danger, whatever you say So, in these types of situations where B'nai says, you really have to investigate and find out what the truth really is even when they say that it's a danger especially if they're not even saying what the danger is and what's really happening is that the women and the men simply don't want to have many children and so here's where he essentially addresses and tackles the concept of family planning. In distinction from a situation, as we'll see, in which the woman or the, the husband and wife are very overwhelmed right now at the moment and they need a breather, a breather they need a break, uh, be, that's you know one level, but beyond that you have those that simply uh, going into marriage, going into the situation, they are thinking about how many children they'd ideally like to have for the lifestyle they would like to live. Uh, you know, in Chabad, obviously, we're familiar with uh, the Rebbe Sikha, where the Rebbe emphasizes this point, point. and whenever the topic of birth control comes up uh, in Lubavitch conversations, I do like to point out that, to the best of my understanding, the Rebbe's real emphasis, main emphasis, in that Sicha, And the relating correspondence, I know it's been written up that there was a context, I think also perhaps from South Africa, but I think a bit later around 1980, uh, the Rebbe was asked about this and the Rebbe addressed it, but the way I read it, the way I see it is that the Rebbe was focusing especially and particularly on that mindset where you know your finances are decent your your life is decent and you simply don't want to be bothered and that's what the Rebbe is uh, you know addressing attacking or maybe that's a harsh word but uh, that's really what the Rebbe is focusing on and that's what the Rebbe Braish is focusing on here as well whereas once you start venturing into territory beyond that where there might be outright sakana, but Uh, the couple isn't coping, that's not really the thing, I'm not saying the Rebbe didn't say something that could be applied perhaps even to a larger variety of cases, but if you look at the Sicha, this is just a Maimur, a muzgar, my opinion is, is that we have to really distinguish between situations, not the Rebbe's message as uh, he presented it was really focusing on what Tabri B'Rash is focusing on here, where the family simply has it all worked out as to how many children they want or what kind of life they want to live, and they don't want to have all this tsar, tsar Iber, tsar Leda, tsar Gedulban. continuing now in the tshovah again. And now the Chagos Yaakov says, le visu And don't say that that's the same kind of tsar that Rev wife was experiencing. So let's what's this reference that he's making? He's making a reference to what would be the classic source in Gemara to address the situation. Let's take a look for a moment. It's daf Da'af, Samachei, where the Mishnah and Gemara are talking about the period of Rivit. And uh, the Gemara says, Yehuda and Chizkia were twins, but the uh, Gemara says that they uh, they gestated at the same time, they, they overlapped in the mother's womb, but one was born at nine months and one was born at seven months. Uh, I think I've heard before that you know, it's a question, it's a discussion, what the science says about th- that type of situation. But That's what the Gemara says, the Gemara says that there was some kind of abnormal situation involving twins, but not being born at the same time. And it was just unusual, it was unpleasant, so the Gemara says Yehudas, Tvisud Rebchia, Rebchia's wife, and it says her name. I think that's unusual, Our, I've pointed out before, there actually are uh, many wives that are quoted in the If we made a list of the wives, it would be a rather long list, but very few whose names are stated. But here it says Rebchia's wife, Yehudas, so she's the wife, she's the mother, she had Sarleda from this whole situation, um, birthing pain. So Shana imana, she changed her clothing, she disguised herself, and. She appeared before her husband to ask Meshailah, but she disguised herself and he didn't recognize that it was her. And she asked her and she told Rebchia the story, and she said the situation. And she asked, or she just asked outright, Is a, As a woman commanded on the mitzvah? The fact that, I'm not, I'm not appreciating this, it's not pleasant for me, I'd rather avoid having children. Am I doing something wrong? Am I chayv in Perveriviyah, or am I not chayv? So, when asked the question out of context, wasn't without knowing that it's actually related, really very, very relevant to his own uh, married life. He said, "No, it happens to be that you is a chiv on the man, and on the woman. You're not having piritivia." So Azla says, "Ishtiya sama karto So she went and she drank a potion that made her infertile. She became an akara. We know this is mentioned throughout uh, uh, Chazal, even in. I don't know if it's stated outright in Tanakh, but maybe Chazal tie it into different stories in Tanakh. A koes shel ikrim, this concept of drinking something, taking a pill that makes you it makes one infertile permanently. So, but the, the problem is here is that the whole Maisa was uh, all, only due to this unusual pregnancy, and she hadn't understood what was going on. She had given birth, presumably. And the other child hadn't been born yet, and she just felt very, uh, felt very unpleasant, and she was unaware that she was still expecting uh, the other half of her twins. And then they found out, either that, or even with Milse, they found out what she did, and then B'chiyah said, I wish you would have given me another set of twins. Right? Interesting story. And more, Goes on to discuss really is that true? Women are not pure But the Gemara, the way the Gemara describes it, it sounds like uh Rebchia's wife got a hetter from her very own husband, unbeknownst to him, quite easily, seemingly, to uh, go on the pill permanently, essentially, uh, some ancient version of the pill that had the permanent effects. And why? Because she had Saraleda so Rabbi Ibrahim is now trying to bavar in an address, that, oh, you're going to say, uh, you're, you're giving me musr and saying, I don't like Tsar Leida, you, you just don't want Tsar Leida. Well, that's the mice in the Gemara. The Gemara says that uh, she didn't like Tsar Leida. It's, it's not the same thing. Because of this unique situation with the twins and the seven months, the nine months, that's got, that must have been a Tsar God so even though it may not be fully explicit in the Gemara, but we have to assume, we have to interpret that she had Tsar Ledo off the charts. And that's not the case in these typical situations that we're discussing now. He says here, They want to continue having an active married life. They just want to avoid the consequences, which is children. Then the Chalcus Yaakov cites the Gemara in Nida. Gemara Nida, uh refers to uh, the practice in the Middle East in, in ancient times, and maybe even in some very, very traditional pockets of the Middle East till today, where even uh, young women who had not yet reached adulthood were still seen as eligible for marriage. And the Gemara alludes to the fact that some people uh, perhaps preferred that, Perhaps specifically because they knew they were not at an age where they can have children, so you get to have all the fun, quote unquote, without the consequences. And the Gemara says that people that have that attitude are delaying Mashiach. Again, back back then it was considered normal, etc., etc. But the the issue the Gemara raises is that David Ba Ad Shabaguf. The idea is you're supposed to be trying to bring as many children, as many people into the world as possible, and that the Gemara says, is linked to bringing Mashiach so when your attitude is, how can I somehow uh, have a, an active married life and avoid the children the Gemara is saying that uh, ma'akvad is a Mashiach of course at the time of the Gemara it was a slightly different scenario but uh, it should be applicable here as well and in fact he says it's a kalshekane here, the woman is capable of having children and yet you're going out of your way to prevent it from happening and then Rabbi makes a bit of an emotional appeal. He says, very, very unfortunately, after the great Holocaust, the great destru- destruction, and we saw how families that were unbelievably large, and, 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 and Nebuch after the Holocaust, you know, what was left out of the whole family tree, maybe maybe just one little, one young child, the, the last child they had, perhaps, the youngest one. And he says, that child... If they had birth control, that might have been the child that they would have decided, you know what? We had enough. Let's skip that one. That was the one who survived the Holocaust, he says. Is that something you want to mess with, he says? So he says before we get to the halacha, you have to think of these consequences. It's, it's uh, what we call meta etc. The kind of uh, question of what effect will this have on Yiddishkeit? What effect will this have on our community? What effect will this have on families? Before you get to the technical shayla yeah, no, yeah, no. This is, it's bigger, a bigger question than that. And therefore both the uh, parents, the couples and the Rabbanim who have to give a sac, they have to approach this very, very seriously. And think about these upshots, these consequences. What happens when you uh, eliminate the ability to get pregnant? Because who knows what could be born from every pregnancy? Who knows? what we might be missing out on, due to birth control and, he repeats again, very often there's no real issue, it's just about we want to up our quality of life and perhaps, he says, the woman doesn't want to accept Hashem's but b'etzev te'el di'banim doesn't want to deal with the pain, the suffering then he makes another emotional argument, he says think about it parents who have children, the children they already have They'll do anything for them. They'll give anything for them. Your children are priceless. And then, just to decide not to have children is such a light decision. You take the decision so lightly. Think about it the same way. Think about what you would give for your children. They're your potential children. And it would be a great shame if it was just some somewhat silly reason, just the desire to have a better life, going and doing itzes with the to to prevent the unborn from being born. He says, Who knows how many how many etc. We've lost due to this. Move us. Nothing you can do about it. You can never bring those people back. He says that another argument, the living conditions of our, our ancestors was uh, certainly not nearly as good, didn't have the cleanliness and the hygiene, which I guess is alluding to Perhaps some of the language people use when they want to justify why they don't feel like having such a large family would be ideal. He says the hygiene was much worse back then, and we're being ingrateful to the Abish there, towards the Abish, towards Hashem, who gave us, we live in much larger apartments now, much cleaner, hygienic. If anything, this is the ultimate time in history. If if you have to choose the time in history for being able, having the ability to raise the largest family possible, that would be today. More than our ancestors uh, could have. And Then we get a moment here of self-awareness. He says, I'm aware that I've uh, gone on at length with some very sharp words because I do feel very bad about this Pirza and and, and various uh, from communities that... uh, he says, "Are, uh, are imitating Hamodeh ha'Arura b'Tzarfas? You're imitating the the fashion, the cursed fashion in France." That's how he puts it. And I believe I've mentioned before, perhaps it was last year, Chuva uh, and the Zakan Aaron. We uh, brought it up in a different context, but the Zakan Aaron was alluding. It was a disgusting situation, which a uh, Sheikhit in a town, and his wife. She stopped going to the mikveh. They were living together, but she stopped going. Uh, and, uh, as I mentioned at the time, this seems like an earlier, before birth control was really invented in a systematic way, this is perhaps 1920s, 1930s, you were already seeing people were more of a mind, were more consciously uh, seeking to have some form of birth control, and this is obviously not something that was literally invented overnight in 1960, 61, 62, and uh, it seems like that's why the Chakus Yaakov already has uh, uh, much to say on the, on the topic. But, uh, like we said, this is still pretty, uh, coming pretty soon after this next development in the history of birth control, specifically the pill. So that's, uh, that's the first thing he has to say. But that shouldn't uh, color your uh, impression of this whole tshuva, because the rest of the tshuva goes in a completely different direction. And now he says, lav kulu machtenu. Can't put everyone in the same box, not everyone's on the, in the same category. And if the doctors say there is a sakana and it looks like they're not exaggerating, surely, we definitely got to look for a Heter. And he says, in fact, I've discussed this before, if you look in my my previous volume, the I gave And if you go look it up, so it's a tshuva from a bit less than a decade earlier, in the mid-50s, in which he discusses the birth control methods of the day, and goes through this topic uh, from various angles so like he says it's it's been discussed before this is not completely new but now Now we have these new pills so if we had to choose uh, based on all the different suggestions and methods that we had until now uh, compared to this new one says says in fact this would probably be the best one because the Gemara talks about drinking a potion that makes you infertile and this is uh, this is much better. This is This is just temporary. It's just as long as you take the pill. And then he adds, by the way, here in Switzerland, we also we have pills that are being brought from America that work in a similar way. Uh, so it says, that if there is a real need to be mater, birth control, that would be the best type. So now the Chachos Yaakov has conceded, of course, for the uh, all for it. Now he moves on to the gray area, the middle. But the rab the, the dying sees that those asking for hatter are not simply looking to make their life easier, or just to uh, avoid the task of raising children. The situation is such that it can lead to some kind of danger or the concern of a danger, and seemingly he's alluding back to the only other instance that was cited in the Shiloh was, like we said, so that's seemingly what he's referring back to now and using these words to describe that. So it's not uh, an immediate concern, but there's some concern. So he, he cites the Tshuver B'Kiva Eger, the Gabi Shabbos, the Shabbos, the question is, what standard of concern of Hikuach Nafesh do we uh, apply when it comes to being Mechal Shabbos? So Dr. B'Kiva Eger, there's a famous line in the Gemara in Shabbos, but let's quote the fuller context. The Gemara in Shabbos, Tafim Herman and Aleph says, So we know from the Gemara that there, were, uh, there was a group in Bavel, in the world of the Amarem and Bavel, uh, who, they lived in Persia and Persia was under uh, the religion, the, the reigning religion in Persia at the time, the Persian Empire was Zoroastrianism. Which is its own very interesting ancient religion, it's still somewhat uh, around in Iran till today, and the Gemara alludes here, maybe elsewhere as well, that the there was some kind of issue, some kind of concern in which if the Jews were to have their Hanukkah candles, ah, Hanukkah lights, really, Hanukkah lamp, as I, I believe I've discussed uh, in the Hanukkah earlier this year, um, so the Hanukkah lamp uh, were it to be out in public, were it to be visible, the chabore, the which is usually explained to be the Zoroastrian fire priests, they would have, they would take issue with the fact that whatever the Jews were doing with the fire, the fire had its own significance to them, and uh, they would be offended. And it could be a sakana, And it's a, its own interesting topic, I've looked into it, we not going to get into all that right now. Uh, there is a Zoroastrian fire festival that's celebrated in Iran till today, very interesting stuff. Um, at any rate, the assumption is that the these Chabari. The Chabari don't like seeing our Shraga de Chanukta. They don't see, like seeing our Chanukah lamp. So it's Shabbos and the Chabari are around and the Shraga de Chanukta is out. Can we carry it on Shabbos to, to this concern? So they asked the Rav. Rav told them, Shaper Domi, Shasad Chak shiny." it's Shasad Chak. And uh, they said, Zoi, Ochi, Others asked, so Rav said, Kedayu, Rav, and Lesmech, Olav, Chak. Right, it's a famous line. R-b-shimen. So, R. B. Shimon has a specific shita that would make the the of moving it less of a Shila anyway. So, even if uh, perhaps you wouldn't pass him like R. B. Shimon, but you can rely on R. B. Shimon. As to the Gemara says, comes and asks a question. Kivayger asks, "We're talking about a sakana." Uh, don't we always say when this is a sakana, it could be doyechen isser? So why are we looking for a shita to be soymech and It's a sakana. It could be isser, but it's butcher anyway. So zok the b'kiveg and musman zog and al karcha the kanato begader sakana lahatu iser b'shal We actually have not reached the the usual bar. Uh, of a suffix, there is no active, imminent suffix that would be enough to be matter and isser We don't just go around uh, being over and due to some remote concern that something might happen. There has to be something concrete And yet Obviously if we're asking the question So we are we have some concern some faint level of concern So it might not be called a Shasa Sakana, but it's called a Shasa Tchak. And for that situation, the says, okay, so we rely on Rab Shimon. So it's not quite the Sakana that's Doecha Nisar, but we are sensitive to even lesser degrees of Sakana, and we might be looking for Hetein. Uh huh. So, we can make an analogy to here. If the Dian sees that this is a Shasa Tchak, not a shasat Sakana, it's a Shasa Tchak. Okay, so it's a Shasa t'chak. Then we can start being matter things. you can start relying on things that might be inherently not completely osir. And like we saw already in Gamar that Tsara uh, you could drink a Kais Ikrin. So, this isn't there, your is being the Sarasta Isha, you're taking away the woman's ability to have children at all. So, and here it's not doing that, it's just kadurim, just pills. So, Shah chak surely you can be matir these kadurim, these pills. And now all of a sudden the Chagas Yaakov discloses, right, until now we've been acting, taken very seriously, a woman to prevent herself from having children. It's very serious. So the Chagas Yaakov, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned yet, um, we're mentioning this Gemara. Yevamus, a woman, he says, if you look, Rambam, Tur, Shluchon Aruch, Semenhei, Eben Ezer, so let's take a take a look, look in Eben Ezer, Semenhei, Aruch. Uh if you're not, to a person, to an animal, this is in Semen which we've discussed before, it didn't But the base But at the end of Sifrit Reyes, it says, This language is taka taken from the Rambam and it's design, where the Rambam wrote the same thing. A woman is permitted to drink a potion to cause her to lose her ability to have children, so that she will not conceive. So, Mama Shanofana Halacha, essentially, that a woman can go uh, nuclear on birth control. Mitzad is just Iser behetar. the woman, is she doing uh, something that's not allowed to her body? No, a woman has, you could say, full control over her body and she can, if she wants to never have children again, Torah says, go ahead, green light. That's the simple reading of the Ramam Torah in Shulchan Aruch. So, we're, we're going to mention that now, we're getting around to mentioning that, by the way, that's actually what it says in Shulchan Aruch. And it's only the Bach and the Marshal, Bach on the tour, and the Marshal and the Yom Shoshleimah who uh, pull back a bit and say, no, 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 wait, uh, we don't think that's how we would uh, put it, we're uh, Machmir, unless there's Tsar So they, they qualify it and bring it back to what it sounds like from the Gemara, that there has to be some kind of basis, some kind of uh, pretext, Tsar And now the Chakas Yaakov quotes a very interesting thing from the Yom Shoshleimah, and this is interesting in general, even beyond the discussion here, the Yamshleh mentions the following point. When he said we said he's the one who is machmer, but also is Mater when this Tarleida. The Yam adds, the kol ein holchem if the woman's children that she already has are not going on the right path, she feels like whatever her family situation, whatever her life situation is, she doesn't seem she doesn't feel capable of producing good children. And all the children so far have been going off the derach." And she's concerned, that why bring more of this into the Torah? Why, why, why would I want to continue? Why would I want to increase and bring more of this? That would be a good reason. Even the marshal, who's more stringent, and says there has to be a reason, but if he's looking for a reason, he's willing to accept as a legitimate reason that the woman just feels that bringing more children is just not going to be a good outcome. And the Chalkas Yaakov adds, in parentheses, uh, the obvious question here would be, there's a famous Gemara in Brachis, where Chizkiah refused to get married altogether, and Yeshay asked Hiskia, why are you not getting married? And Chizkia said, I predict, I see that my children aren't going to be good children. And Yeshay asked you? why is that your business of what the future will be? So how can the Marshal say this? So zok the marshal the the Shiny, Mishum and Maybe the distinction is that Thriskia didn't get married, he was avoiding the limits of Pierre altogether, and that's of course a topic we uh, discussed earlier this year, the, the centrality of Mitzis Whereas here, the Marshal, the case that the Marshall is discussing, is a case in which she seems to have a somewhat of a sizable family. So we assume they were Mikhail, the couple was Mikhail and and um, and now uh, she feels like what's the point of continuing? And Eibazoy, it's not a steer from the Gemara, and the says then it's fine, and that's the being more stringent. Now, I want to pause here about the because this is a very interesting point, and this is also we talk about the Rebbe's and what scenarios the Rebbe was talking about. Again, like I emphasized, I said I think the Rebbe's main point was the the same target that the Yakov was targeting, which is uh, families that are just looking to have it easier. Uh, of course, not to. Be dismissive towards people's concerns, but uh, within the broader scheme of things and the range of reasons that people have, some are heavier, more serious, and some are less. And the uh, Chachos and the Rebbe as well would be addressing that. So, other questions one has is, what would the Rebbe say? What would others say in situations? So, at least like we like we began this Shiva. What if the family is overwhelmed? The parents, not necessarily the children, but the, the parents are overwhelmed. And what if Parents are or not, but the, the whole family situation is a disaster. What if it's clearly not a, a functional, a functioning family? It's a dysfunctional family. The, we see the children already on the scene are, are not are not thriving or not doing well. And then, of course, beyond that, you have, uh, of course, if there are literal uh, health problems, the children that were born have uh, existing health problems, and there's concern that would apply. So, I want to pause. Uh, for a moment from Chakos Yaakov to elaborate on this point and as we see there's a very valuable source here from the Marshal. So I want to interject with a a treatment uh, discussion I found of this more particular topic Uh, It's in a work called *Childhood Hatshuvah Ba'ala Shel Volume 6 on Evan Ezra Chesh Mishpat by Arav Yaakov Ariel and Ramat Gan so this is I suppose you could say moving out of Haredi territory into I suppose perhaps, Tati Lu'umi territory, and uh, the way the Firm world is today, uh, there's a lot of, I don't know if segregation is the right word, compartmentalization, or another better word, but the the Firm world at this point is kind of divided into a number of uh, communities that don't necessarily, aren't necessarily fully uh, communicating with each other on halakhic topics, and each one, each group uh, develops its own uh, uh, list of authorities and and, uh, literature, Um, But it is important to uh, keep up with what others are writing, and as we know, a lot of these ideas are percolating within various communities. But uh, just to point out that uh, sometimes the Datiluumi community is uh, coming from a different angle, looking at things a bit differently. Uh, And the presentation here might also sound that way, but at least uh, not that I am uh, throwing, not that I consider myself a major authority, not that I'm throwing any authority behind it, but I do think that uh, I, I do find that the logic here uh, does resonate. So I'm going to share what Rabbi Yaakov Ariel writes in this Ba'ale Shelteirah, Chelik Vav, it's actually Simon Aleph about regarding having uh, children with some kind of defect. And his main question, his chief question really is about the genetic situation, right? Uh, as we know, unfortunately, here in America today we have uh, Darius which is, was built on the bitter experience of uh, some families who discovered that uh, both parents were carriers for certain genetic diseases, which uh, some of their children uh, were born with and suffered tremendously, and Darius is designed to uh, prevent that from happening. But still, we hear of situations, of cases, where somehow, for whatever reason, the, the situation is such that a couple is aware at this point that, due to circumstances, uh, genetic testing has proven that future children, children will have in the future, are likely, or, or perhaps even guaranteed, to be born with terrible, terrible defects, whether physical or uh, mental, so in any situation where uh, that is a concern what do we say about the chi of a mitzvah? There might be different opinions. This is presenting a particular way of thinking about it. So, Rabbi Ariel actually begins with that gemar and brachas. The gemara and brachas seems to be ground zero for saying it's not your business, Hashem decides, Hashem wants you to have children, and whatever happens later is, is you know, I guess Hashem's problem, it's Hashem's decision. But Rabbi Ariel immediately uh, pivots by quoting this marshal, the marshal, yam shashlem, uh, you know, Well, Let's quote the... A portion of the Marshal, Isha Inamatsuval Pierivya, Viachaya Lishdas Kaisal Ichrin, Hecha de Isla Tsar Leda. So the Marshal immediately qualifies, which is why the Khakasyak have listed him as being more machmar. Heicha de Isla Tsarleda. And here's the quote that we quoted. And then again, the Marshal says, Ish is Mitsuva Pirivia, not the Isha. And again, Mataris Lish Kaishal Ikrin. Smag writes it based on the Gomoran Yavamas. And he says there are those who went further. We shouldn't go that far to say any woman lemisha like the case in the Gemara. And again, That was the quote we saw before. So the marshal is reiterating, and he's being very clear that this is his stance. All right. So what are you going to do now with the Gemara and brachas? So you can make a distinction and say Chizki uh, is a man. He's chayvin pirvurivya. He has no excuse but Mashaal is talking about the woman and the context was so she's Ptura she's not uh, obligated to have children that uh, are not going to lead to a good outcome and so on in this vein of explaining how the Gemara doesn't apply to what we're discussing here then Abayaril goes on and says makes another argument which I think is also important and he says that uh, you could still ask, doesn't the child have a right to live? Does the child have a right to exist? Do we have the right, should we feel that we should take away this child's ability to be brought into the world? So Rabbi says, no, even from the child's perspective, yesh lemar, there's no mitzvah to bring someone into the world. Again, he's talking about uh, more serious medical situations to bring someone into the world who will suffer so much and be completely dependent on others and not be able to live a a meaningful, independent life. And if you're looking to say it in more halachic terms, to this there's a chayiv, there's a chayiv, there's a mitzvah, there's a what's the So he says, on on the one hand, looks like there's a mitzvah to bring a child into the world. On the other hand, he says, I already proved in a previous volume of Ba'al HaShaltari, HaChilek Beis, I proved that a person is potter from a mitzvah say if it causes him great pain. So if you look it up, the, the discussion there is not so esoteric. It's just talking about uh, someone who's very sick and uh, sukkahs comes, uh, yomtiv comes, different just timely mitzvahs I say and uh, sometimes people have the uh, have the instinct they want to knock the, knock themselves out, go above and beyond, even uh, at great risk to themselves to do the mitzvah, but aloch is usually uh, mitzvah, star potter, etc. That's the discussion there that uh, we're not, not talking about mitzvah we're talking about mitzvah If mitzvah is going to cause you great yasurim, it seems seemingly reasonable to say that your potter, if doing the mitzvah saseh, will cause you great yasurim. So Rabbi Rio says, so let's look at the father's chiv. The father's chiv of a period of What if in the Kaim period of Arivia would cause the father great yasurim? Mustaber that we'd potter the father. And he invokes the, the word the Drachad ar which I believe I spoke about once, different G'Darim and Drachad ar So he says, if this is correct, if our assumption is correct, that we can find the Hei which the father, would say the father's potter, from pir because it's causing great sar, great yesurim, say, B'Zoi, it should also apply from the child's end. There's no mitzvah to, if the whole end point, the whole result of the mitzvah will be, uh, a, a child's existence of, of suffering, that's, that's not the mitzvah, the mitzvah, your potter from the mitzvah from n- creating, from resulting in something like that. And he, of course he acknowledges, of course we know that all human beings suffer to one extent, that's part of life, suffering is uh, part of the natural human condition, but we all would agree that there's a reasonable normal range of suffering and then there's uh, abnormal extreme suffering, that's beyond what normal people endure and would you say this if the child will endure unbelievable pain? And if anything he says if a person wanted to be mercy for a mitzvah but his mysterious nefesh for the mitzvah is going to cause someone else terrible terrible suffering would you say that oh you yeah, know no, go ahead you do the mitzvah and it's, don't pay attention to their suffering of your fellow Can you do so in this case can can the father be mekayim? Does he even have the reshostu mekayim revu At the expense of the child who will be born with such suffering? And he goes on to elaborate on that theme a bit. Then he goes on and says, and even if you're going to want to dingzich and say, uh, I don't like your line of thinking, I don't like your reasoning here. So he says, if so, let's switch back to the ra'ayah from the woman. We said that the woman, at tsar she has tsar, she can drink a kashal she's not matzava. What do you mean, what about her husband? Her husband is a Who gave you the shos to drink a So there are different people that discuss this, and it's possible to explain it in different ways, but uh, his mahalach here is, and the the husband is not mechoyev in the mitzvah on his wife's chashim. If his wife is suffering, the husband can say, no, I have a mitzvah, I want to do my mitzvah. Because she's suffering, It's it side. So he's potter, or, or whatever. He can't go do the mitzvah. So I, we could apply that as well to the child suffering. Now I'm not going to go through his whole entire Mahalach. He has other points as well goes into some Discussions in Echreinim that overlap that touch on this question or that discuss the marshal. One point he adds is that he's aware there are some uh, very Haredi Paiskin, he quotes of Nasha Klein, the Klesenberger, who uh, were even unhappy with Darya Sharm. Why are you, uh, why are you intervening? Why are you uh, mixing into Hashem's cheshboi They take that Svara to uh, the maximum. But Rabbi real says, fine, okay, no, no, but Rav, you'd agree that Rav Paiskin are pro-Darya Sharm. That's the, that's the mainstream, that's the majority, that's the standard approach. So, once you've already opened the door to Darya Sharm, so, then you would be also open, perhaps, to hearing out these additional arguments that he's making in situations where Darya Sharm isn't the solution at this point anymore. And then he points out that he's not the first person to discuss this type of thing, another, Haredi Pasek, is mater, birth control, where there's concern that the child will be born with uh, developmental disabilities the Yelid mifager, and yep, Yem shleima. ah, what about the Gemara and Brachas? Yeah, so the way the B'Tayla chachma explains it is that in the Gemara Brachas it's purely about the concern that there'll be more bad people in the world that's not your business, but the Marshall is talking about where the parents are going to suffer, the mothers going to suffer she doesn't want to have that misery if the parents are concerned about their own misery then that's a better argument, it's more legitimate there's a reason to say that she can take a krei he says interestingly the B'Tayla chachma begins by saying most people discuss this will say oh, of course you have to make Kaya first, the husband has to uh, and then we can talk about uh, the woman going ahead then he says the B'Tayla chachma adds that it could be this if you know for a fact that that's going to be the outcome then perhaps even if Lakia like, is Pirva arvus, Technically the woman's, it's not her concern whether her husband's Mekai in of the Mitzvah or not She doesn't even have arvus, she doesn't have the chi'a pir she doesn't even have arvus So, he's even willing to, the tzelechachm was even willing to say that Now by a reel, it's actually, uh, you know, a bit, he uh, comments, and reacts, and says, what do you mean, I'm a pir I And mean, that is not the whole point of marriage, you're getting married for the purpose of pir v'riva, she's gonna be the partner it's hard to, hard to understand how you can say that. So the Rav but it could be. Yeshlema, that, sure, within the marriage contract, there's a, perhaps an unspoken contract that she's here to help her husband have children. But that she would, if you want to call it that, is, the assumption was that uh, it's a normal situation. But when you discover afterwards that there's an unusual situation which will involve a lot of pain beyond the norm, that wasn't included in that, uh, that contract, the marital contract, the social contract. And since she doesn't have the mitzvah, so she's not breaking uh, anything, she's not breaking her own chiyam and she's not breaking uh, her understanding with her husband if she wants to avoid having children. And he says what shlomo is also quoted as saying that he leans towards allowing a couple that sees that there's a genetic problem and the children will have the genetic problem need to to say that they are exempt from period review and he says more but i'll leave it at that and this is just some important food for thought from someone who has given the matter some thought has written it up like i said the, the presentation uh, sounds a bit uh perhaps a bit more contemporary in how the the line of thinking is going but we do see there are some creators we saw the marshal and even some other uh haredi place today and of course this is uh not medical or rabbinic advice, and in a case of a real question, a real problem, uh, please do discuss this with uh, a qualified rabbi. And um, I know we've discussed in different shiurim about uh, paskining and uh, who can paskin and what does paskining even mean, but uh, I think we can all agree that uh, a situation like this is is probably up, ranks pretty high uh, up there in terms of uh, the kind of situation in which uh, you want to psach, you want to head to, you want to discuss it with a serious rav. So. Uh, it goes without saying but uh, we should also say it so that was one digression from the Chakus Yakov. I just wanted to explore and elaborate a bit on this interesting, this fascinating Marshal, and often a Marshal that addresses some of these more contemporary sounding questions. So back to the Chakus Yaakov, the Chalkus Yaakov continues and says quotes another interesting makar, there's a ritva, a ritva that and he says that uh, the Berk of Yosef alludes to it And the Ritva writes, "The person wants to devote their life to Torah, and uh, their reproductive drive is a distraction. So, someone might consider, obviously we know, Lahavdoh and other religions, uh, certainly we know other religions, it was much more common for those who wanted to pursue higher spiritual pursuits to avoid marriage, Perhaps not, uh, I think we discussed earlier this year regarding Sodaka castration, and how there is somewhat of such a concept in other major religions, without getting into all the details right now. But uh, you might find a similar line of reasoning even within Yedishkeits. So Ritva bavarens it says, But then Ritva says something very interesting. He But then Ritva says something very interesting. He says, if the man has some concern that the taiva and the hearer is just very powerful and problematic, and I do want to do another digression to get into this a bit, but this is what the quote is, and so this is what the ditva says, now, we're talking about a man, a male is certainly auster to drink a kais ikren, what the exact gather is, if the man does it to himself through ingesting something, but it's surely Usr, whatever the exact is, it's sh- surely Asir. And yet it was saying that there might be a Hatarmishim type of a hearer. So the Hagis Yaakov just wants to make the point and say, zay, Call for the Isha, which we're talking about here, that if she has mock and tsar, Shmu And now he takes those words, lavat menu type of a hearer, and he sort of uses it and flips it around. In that situation, the husband was trying to eliminate his own type of a hearer to apparently illuminate his own drive by making himself impotent. But here, back to our situation where the woman the woman went to the doctor and whatever the situation is, the doctor determined, made a determination and said looks like you shouldn't be having children now. And uh, I suppose we're still talking about somewhere in the gray area. And at this point the woman intends to follow the doctor's instructions, she doesn't want to have children. So remember how it was worded all the way in the beginning I think even in the question by Rabbi Seltzer himself that they're not having children, so now they want to, head to, to have the pills so they can live together as husband and wife. Otherwise, one supposes they won't live together as husband and wife, but she's following doctor's orders. So the shaila is no longer whether whether we can prevent her from having children. The shaila is, can she uh, take a kaishel ikrim, but not a permanent one, a temporary one to enable her to allow her husband to be with her, that's really the Shaila. It's not a not a negative; it's a positive. Can we do something uh, that will allow the husband to live with her? A Husband is a is a man. He, as he heard, it's just something that uh, people experience, and uh, they have desires. And uh, a person's married; he has a wife and uh, all of a sudden she's following doctor's orders and uh, they're, they're living in the same room and it's hard to avoid which could be uh, Benida. So Yebazai, let's re, completely redefine the whole situation. The situation is one in which she's determined that she can't be with him. So without the pill I, Seems to be assuming that she won't go to the mikveh. She won't go to the mikveh. So now he's an Amish auster, and he has heard a bit and very likely they'll be nechshol, at least Chibuk Venishuk. Touch. How long can you go? So when we reframe and rephrase the shaila this way, so even if it's a little wrong, talk on her part to go and drink the kershalikrin. Let's say it's not 100 percent above board, but we say. <muchanan> <d'chateh bishvil> <chavehcha> you sin for your fellow's benefit. Right, obviously sometimes we don't say that, but sometimes we do say that, and the Chalik Yakov cites the Taisus in Ervin, the Gemara in Ervin, the Faham Be'ez Amit is talking about a situation in which uh, there's a Chavar, there's an Amal and the Chavar knows the Allah, and the Amal doesn't know the Allah, and there's a scenario in which the Amal can get the wrong idea and think that uh, he's in the clear when really he's not, and it's really the Chavar's fault, so the Chavar should go and do something, that really he shouldn't be doing to save the Amarits from a bigger isser. So the Gemara says that the Chavar can do a smaller isser to save the Amarits from a greater isser. I thought, uh, do we just say uh, chatei? I thought we don't say chatei. So it's like two svaras. One svar is that here it's the Chavar's fault. If the Amarits will be Nikshul, will be the Chavar's fault. So therefore the Chavar should be over on something small to save the Amarits from something greater. And uh, another svarah in Teisvitz is, is that if it's the other guy's fault. In, in Shabbos, it says, you don't say that's when it's the other guy's fault, he did the wrong thing. You don't have to come and do something small to save him. Uh, but where it's that person is completely blameless. So even if, not the first svara, but just Chavei Eloi Pasha Amrina an chatei b'shvil shi'iska chavercha. So you have this, these yosaitas in Teisvitz. So we can apply that here as well, right? The woman has the problem. The doctor told the woman she can't have children. So now, either it's kind of her fault that uh, the, the husband now has her Rehurya Avedah or the husband did nothing wrong. So why should the husband have her Rehurya Why should the husband be and chibuk Avedah? She should go and do a Isrkal of uh, taking birth control to save the husband from an Isrchamr. Not only that, <laughs> If the husband were to be Nikshel, he quite likely will be Nikshel with her. So she's also saving herself from a larger Isser, not just saving her husband. Now we're almost finished with here, uh, basically at the end. Uh, but I want to, again, make another short digression to go off and discuss the zirutva. That was the basis of this last part of the discussion. Which, like we said, the Yaakov flipped around in Sarebazai. She's saving her husband from Taiva uh, Vehir in another way, in a kasher way. So I just want to discuss that the Ritva and the meaning, the ramifications a bit. So just as an example, there's a chivah in Shul uh, Shraga Hamayer B'Shraga Five Shnebalk. This is a chivah from Tovshin Lamdvav Chelagimel Siman Samach Zayin Tabletn Shenasu Lahachlesh Koyach HaEi Veremu Tarem BeInyun Sirus Lasman. And uh, it's written to a younger man. It's written in London to another younger man, to a younger man from London. And uh, the younger man had asked. He says, you, wrote, Advar alascha, at Elias you see, you're not going to be with your wife for a while. She's after a difficult birth. Uh, it's not happening. Uh, she has to recover. And uh, as a very young man, he's concerned about what's going to be. So, a person wants to take pills, tablets, to take his drive down, to uh, minimize or eliminate his, his drive. So Shaila was. Is there a Shaila? Is there a problem? Is there Is Now this is a, a thorny topic, and I don't want to mention names and examples. But uh, there, you know, people have said that there perhaps are some communities that uh, are a bit aggressive in uh, in pushing uh, this solution on people, and it doesn't sound very ethical and very correct, and it doesn't seem like that's the kavana, the eibishter, creating human beings with uh, their challenges and. I'm not saying I'm not uh, looking to uh, go and give that an endorsement but it is an interesting question it is it is an interesting discussion and there is a discussion about an halacha, and it is worth to uh, to mention the flag so the the Meir begins by quoting the sirittva and uh, he quotes it at uh, greater length that uh, Tayisvah, Saktarit for says that Ember Berdeiha Salalu. There's no one that's like Ben that can claim to be like this. And here comes that quote: For usir lishutis shum dovreshi akrejuk de'lasik patayda, avalavatam imenu tayva vehinder shari va'arich. That quote. And then I read it adds, continues, we can't show my to be sure about Shim Kiyam, Mitz's period of Rivia, the Hoshkanafsha, the Turn of the Gamine, the Ritzelishthus, the Lech, the Dovish, the Once you were Makayim kind per of Rivia, now even Turn is your reason, is your goal, then you'd be allowed to, Shumutter. Zog the Shraga Meir, Ayushat, the Kvar Kiyam, the Mitz's period of Rivia, Shishtho Kvar Benubanis, the Shalosh, the Moid Mach Masaleda, the Kaina, the Man Mach, the Shutaks of the Kaycha, Mutter the So way he takes it is he says, So if the mitzvah was ready, and now a person just uh, wants to take his drive down a bunch of notches or completely for a good reason. So in that case it was tired. in this case, wife is Shvach, uh, his takeaway from the Ritvataka is that it would be mutter to take these pills, to take these tablets. I'm not going to go through this whole shiva, but he starts getting into like we're talking about mamish koeshul ikrim to of the And he says, the fizik you have to find out, just to clarify these pills and tablets. It's just levatal, koyach, atayv over here, right? It's just to, to really bring the libido down. And we see uh, this concept already. which obviously not in the medical sense of today, but the Sefer Chassidim already says min yochol is dakek The Sefer Chassidim is coming from the other angle. A uh, very ancient discussion of uh, someone who's struggling to perform properly. So he says, Don't start looking for uh, remedies that involve eating Dvarim This is just rearrange your diet in terms of Dvarim HaMutarim to eat things that can increase your drive and not uh, eat things that would decrease your drive. And he starts listing different things. It's only the Shumim Tzluyim, only if they're roasted, that's mar Hazara. So the Sefer Khsidim has this discussion about this is good, this is bad. And the sefer chsedim is listing things that are mavatla taiva. These are normal foods. Kum ta'is in the sefer that stamed v'adam that are mavatla a bit. No one said you know how to eat it. So these if they're mamash uh, mesaris then it'd be awesome. The Ritva was only talking about the way he reads the itvah. Itvah was only it was about v'adam m'shem mavatlin koyach Here something that would uh, take it down a bunch of notches and mavatlin, not miyaka legamrei. That's uh, how he understands it. And again, there's a lot more here that we're not going to get into. He goes on to say that even if we were to say that it's not permanent cirrus, but if we were to say that at least for the duration of taking these pills, uh, the person becomes uh, infertile, that would be going too far. If it's even mesaris lesman, so that's a whole discussion in Paiscom today, if cirrus lesman is osir, so he seems to be saying you want to avoid going as far as cirrus lesman, you don't want to go that extreme, you want to find things that simply... Uh, attack your desire and your drive, not the actual ability to have children. And then after further discussion, he concludes that Chivan says, Even though I wrote to you that if it's just M'ba'at l'kayecha taiva, you're allowed to take them, but I'll give you an taiva. Look at the Sefer Chassidim, focus on your diet, look at the foods in your diet, natural things that uh, have a more normal, natural effect. And who knows what these pills do, what the side effects do, Mi'yidea, what other effects it has on your body. And, uh, you know, that's what he, that's the Shraga HaMeir's uh, maskana there. I should point out one important point, address an important point, which is, Pashat Pshat and Ritva, those words, uh, L'vatam Imenu Tayva it seems to me, from what we've seen so far, is that there's actually a different reading in the Chalakas Yaakov compared to the Shraga HaMeir. L'vatam Imenu Tayva is that the reason, is that a hemshech? to drink something that will be me'akayu if it's kedei lasik batayda if the reason is for tayda but if your reason is laval to minotayveh here then it's mutter which is how I, it seems like the chalcos Yaakov is reading it because the chalcos Yaakov says ah ikren here so the way he seemed to read it was that he's drinking shum davar sheyakarey who kedei laval to here whereas it seems like the shalga hamayer and I think others are reading Litva as alluding and talking about a new concept. It's asr lo'adem lishtes shum davar sh'yakreyu k'deh You can't go as far as something that will be ma'akriyu. Avol, to drink something else, levat me'menu tayo ve'hiror k'deh la'asek If the outcome, the effect of the other thing you drink is simply to remove the tayo ve'hiror, and, then, and why were you doing that? Presumably, then it would be Motor. then he adds, and says, and if you already did Rivia, then you can even go as far as That seems seemingly like the more correct pshat, actually, in the Ritva, if we actually are asking what the pshat in the Ritva is. But it does seem like the Chalkas Yaakov read it one way, and the Shagah read it the other way, which, I, like I said, I think is a bit more correct. At any rate, the Chalkas Yaakov was just trying to use it as a argument for a woman doing temporary birth control uh, Mustama, the Chaguz Yaakov's argument still holds up whether or not he can mamish use the ritva the way he wanted to but just interesting to point out, I don't know if it's been analyzed to this extent if anyone has pointed this out before and at any rate there are additional interesting lists that revolve around this ritva uh, I saw someone discuss uh, contemporary, uh, we've quoted him before, Asher Hanan, who's an interesting fellow, uh, discussing someone who's being nichshol in uh, really surdim, etc., etc., and can someone like that do things to eliminate their drive? And these are, of course, are very, very sensitive questions and very delicate begashmius uh, and beruchnius, and don't want to wade too deeply into that, but I do want to point at this mucker and point at these discussions and Sometimes the question comes up in conversation and people may not be aware that there is actually uh, so, an interesting halachic discussion revolving around these points um, Even from the Shagah Hameir, you get the sense that he doesn't really think that that's the normal thing to do As a heichetimtze, it could be that it's a but as we see uh, from Chagos Yakov as well, in a different context just because something might be mutter doesn't mean that that's the right thing for Yiddishkeit so it's a much larger, more sensitive question especially when you're using it just for what are essentially normal people uh, going through normal challenges, as opposed to something that's a little bit more unusual, abnormal. Even the Shagamer is talking about a younger man who was already Mekayim, it's his previous Rivia, and doesn't want to struggle in a situation in which he knows that he can't be with his wife. It's a, it's a bit different, it's a bit unique. And even there he says, better to go with natural and uh, whatever that can do for you. Back to the Chalqus Yaakov, and I'm going to try to keep this short. The Chalqus Yaakov says there is one more uh, opinion that we have to uh, address. This the Atsi HaRazim, the Atsi is interesting Sefer. and in Achran lived right before the Chassam Sefer. In fact, the Chassam Sefer quotes this mocker, has been signed to this. And uh, the Atsi Ar-Razim seemingly goes up against the whole assumption that the Gemara Yevonbas tells us that uh, women can do birth control. He says, no, 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 and they ultimately, it was just her decision, it looks like Rebechia was unhappy from his, uh, the, the, the punchline of the story. So, I think that if she wants to avoid Sarah Leida, you just have to stop living together and don't be over in Isr Bayadayim, which is still in Isr in his opinion, and would be in Zara for the man if she's not able to have children. This is very strange. You're essentially going up against the on the Torah, the Shulchan Aruch. The Ramah didn't write a Hagah, so the Ramah is also on board. Bach, Prisha, Marshal, etc. They didn't understand Pshan of the Gemara. Only you understand Pshan of the Gemara. This is what everyone took away from the Gemara. Can you come and say something else? You're going to say, Oh, What kind of solution is that? And among other things, Toveli like we mentioned earlier, like that's not a solution in the Yaakov's world. Uh, just out to go to the mikmah. And to say that it's Knessin if she's uh, infertile. Tmuan, where does it say that it's also the Shaman Shemisha Even the Khsam Saifer, who quotes that Sairazim, ultimately disagrees and says that a woman would be allowed to drink a Keshal Iqnabaskamazbaila? Sam Seifer was talking about a straightforward case. Isha kais Ikren and he quotes the Rambam Torah Shachar. They all say, "Hey, what about the atzir dosim?" That's like the Shul of Sam Seifer's premise. And the Maskana, there is like the Chalkus Yaakov summarizes that he's like a the woman's allowed to drink kais ikrin with her husband's agreement, and that's the Pesach Nedar Hashulchan. So if that's what they're saying about a kresh and something permanent, so kolshikane, these pills. If it's just uh, temporary, it's mutter. But again, back to all the other concerns the Aenea Dian, the Brav, has to agree that there is a legitimate basis, a legitimate reason. He says, Every Dian, he concludes, every and every Rav who gets the Shiloh should remember the Gemara and Sanhedrin, that a dying should see himself like a, he has a knife, a sword uh, up to his neck, because on the one hand, you have Ibud Nafsh, you're losing potential lives. But on the other hand, who knows where things can go? Things can get out of control if uh, the situation isn't uh, taken care of. Hashem Atoiv, he concludes, and he signs, as we said, and he wishes him a HaKoshev So, what we've seen here, like I said, is First of all, the history—it's interesting how soon and fairly immediate it is to uh, the arrival of this uh, of the pill, of the birth control pill, on the market, and the pretty uh, immediate reaction to that. And um, the halakhic discussion, of course, is, is very interesting, and the Makairis, some very interesting Makairis that we saw through the discussion, and just the whole uh, presentation of the Chalcus Yaakov. Uh, tries to balance the various issues at hand, but we do see some very interesting halakhic points about uh, what basis there may be for uh, a woman's rights, so to speak, to uh, exert some control over her fertility, over her child-rearing or child-bearing, and um, like we said, uh, if a husband and wife get married, doesn't understand they'll have children, the woman to just go ahead and immediately Eliminate that uh, wouldn't seemingly make much sense, but uh, within the realm, within the the bounds of kiempir virivia, etc., a woman actually, often a shulchan a woman technically has the power to even remove her ability permanently kol shekein. If it's just temporary, on the other hand, as a community, as for the issue of stam not to have children for no particularly good reason is a big concern, and that is something especially within the more the more frum, the more Haredi, the more uh, black hat you get that's, that tends to be a, a more powerful argument and you tend to see larger families, families with larger, higher numbers of children but still, on the other hand, even within those communities there is still a certain awareness that the concept of birth control exists uh, that the mother, the parents might be overwhelmed even if it's not a, a sakana mamish. Uh, again, there's this awareness that you want to have as many children as possible, but that's not necessarily, that's the whole Chalakos Yaakov's whole point, that you want to have as many children as possible, and at the same time, you still might want to uh, pause, and that's legitimate according to the I just want to reiterate an interesting point, which is, like I just said, on the one hand, it's really the woman's call, in terms of her rights, the way you can phrase it based on halach. On the other hand, the Chalkas Yaakov Yaakov keeps on structuring it as the rov, the rav has to decide the rov, and that's how it generally is within the Starker frumerer community, which the the woman shouldn't be making her own decision, the couple shouldn't be making their own decision, it's understood that the rov should be involved and should be determining and should perhaps even name and pick a certain amount of time, but uh, perhaps there really is a gray area in which in consultation with the Rav, does the woman need to ask the Rav every little prat, every little detail? It's uh, perhaps a, a gray area there uh, it's interesting to point out based on what the real Gedorim are here in terms of what the woman uh, has the right to do according to Shulchan Aruch. Now, perhaps I would say Ad Khan, because we went through uh, Sal Chdikul, but as I alluded to in the beginning, I said the chuva or Chuvais. So as it turns out, if you look in the Minchas Yitzchak, Minchasitzchak Chelik Hay, which appears to have been first printed a bit later in Tovshin Lamid Hay, whereabouts mid seventies. So Chelik Hay Simon Kufiyd Gimel, we discover that there is a shuvah from the Minchasitzchak Yitzhak of course, who was then in London. A shuvah addressed to none other than Yididi Rav Agayin, the a Agayin Zaltzer, the Rav of Vadas in Johannesburg, dated from. Yoin Bez tahara heinus and tafshen chavbeis. So Minchas Yitzchak wrote a tshuva to the same questioner on the very same day on the very same topic, and uh, I just want to mention it in short because it's uh, it's mamish. Like I said, same day, same topic, and he cites the question in, in far fewer words. Although you see, he seems to be quoting. He writes. The same four terms, I believe, as we saw in the other one. So he's using the terminology of the questioner. As you explained at great length. So he's a lot more uh, to the point, both in the question, both in the presentation. And I'm going to jump through, just jump to the end. This is the Mintres Yitzchak's summary in response to Rev. Zaltzer. He says... All those terms you used, which you could discuss, which you could call a tsar gadol, because if you're uh, using those hagdaras from those makaras, so it should be a tsar gadol, according to the bach of the marashal, one assumes. And the minchas Yitzchak adds, and it's in large, bold letters, lefir ois e'nei ha-meira, k'div rea Alluding to that same shaila in the chesam sefer and the same the chesam sefer and the taka at the end, the lashon the, the there is gadol, so he's using those terms chesam sefer mentioned Sargado, gadol, and the chesam sefer mentioned lufira es The emphasizing that the rav is a factor here, so that comes from the chesam sefer. The chesam sefer emphasizes it. The minchas yitzchak is emphasizing it as well. So the way he sees it is if there were makayim pruravu, so then. The case we just cited, all those uh, concerns, mental health, <laughs> if they were not Micaiah and but they have five sons, so he feels the bar should be higher. It has to be more Kardav If it's more Kardav Lissakana, Yesh etc. And he goes on and can, speaks about different scenarios, different cases, different Pratim, but that's the gist. So the Minchas depending on factors, is also open in, in theory the idea that pills, birth control, it's on the market. Women would be able to use it in situations of kaya again, depending on the factors, depending on the Rav's uh, oversight and input. And of course, I should point out, even in the Gemara, uh, before she did what she did, she asked Rebchia first. So the Rav clearly is always, has always been a factor. And not just as for the way the Chalakos yakar presented it as deciding what the motives are, and weighing the different motives and factors against each other. Minchas Yitzchak is being seemingly a little more strict in saying that essentially, we don't just go straight with the Shechon we have this uh, restriction of Tsar Leda. So, Yebazoy, uh, and within Tsar Leda itself, uh, the Chassam Sefer said Tsar Gadol. So, you have to, you need a Rav, taket uh, Paskin if it's a Tsar Gadol or not, and especially since the Minchas Yitzchak made more distinctions between. Not it seems like the Rav perhaps has a stronger presence here in the Minchas Yitzhak's roadmap and version of how these halachas are applied. And now in conclusion, just for the sake of providing a somewhat clearer picture, uh, other opinions. So there's a, a Sefer I've come across, actually in Yitzhira Chachma, I don't know, often you find Swarm there that aren't necessarily really uh, for sale, or were for sale for a very brief time, that poor distribution. So I came across an interesting sefer, learning Hilchus uh, Pir this year in Keil. So there's a sefer, Avne Eliyohu, by someone by the name of Abel Yitzchakov, on Hilchus Pir Simonim Aleph through Huge sefer, 850 pages. And what the Sefer appears to do is that it does a seemingly a really good job at systematically summarizing the discussions in a Hreinim Seif after Seif Subsection, sub-discussion, subtopic after subtopic, Just goes through it very very thoroughly systematically and summarizes the, the questions and the Shittas on each question In a very very clear straightforward fashion So if you look in Simon Hay, In Seif Yudbez In Seif Yudbez itself what he calls Anaf Gimel Within an Gimel, he has a discussion, Shitot minia modern, so modern birth control. Number one, הגבולה, the pill. And after a page in which he actually gives some technical background, he starts systematically summarizing all the various discussions in אחראיינם that relate to the pill, very organized. So, among other things, he writes, so he begins by quoting our Chelchis Yaakov. He says the Chelchis Yaakov says a woman's allowed to use pills, the sakana, or Safik Sakana, Bekhen Khasav, Shut Sitzeliazer, Chelik Tas, Chilik Yud, which we didn't get into, and the Shutman Chasitzchok, which we did get into. So that's one school of thought. he writes number two, the other opinion is the Shot Igrismaisha, Chilik Avenazer, Chele Gimel, Chelik Dalit, number of Simonim, who he summarizes as saying that. True, he agrees that there's no issue of zero levatola and if being pregnant is hard for the woman, whether illness or even schwachkeit more than average schwachkeit, that would be a reason to be mad there but Rav felt that women shouldn't be using the pills due to concerns of bleeding and other complications which may or may not have been factors that have changed over time obviously we know that taking the pill still has some problems, some complications it's not completely uh, devoid of side effects So. Our goal here wasn't to get into the Igras Mesha's particular shita, but uh, we see that in principle, the way it's presented here, is that Ramesha didn't have a problem in principle, and uh, from what we hear, from what we know, uh, within the firm world, like I said, even within the very firm world, uh, it definitely is fairly common, a Rav will give a hatter for a woman who feels overwhelmed to a certain point, I'm sure the Rav is listening out to hear whatever he is looking to hear, but uh, that's essentially the takeaway here. And that is how he presents the Shittas of the four big paiskim, Chakus Yaakov, Tzitzli Ezer, Minchas Yitzchak, and the Igros Moshe. Many other discussions relating to this topic are summarized there as well. Definitely a great resource to get all of the sugyas and Shittas at a glance. And of course, there's much, much more to this topic from many, many, many angles. And everything we've said here as is common to say, was for informational purposes, for educational purposes, to, uh, to lay down a baseline of information for approaching the topic intelligently for uh, future conversations. But of course, there's so much more to the discussion, and this is not something that uh, people should be taking lightly. That's definitely one thing you can take away from everything that's been said, and this is definitely something that's between a couple and their Rav. And this should be taken very, very seriously. At any rate, while I hope this is not my last year before Pesach, and we do get to discuss some Pesach Tika and as well, I will conclude, as both Pesachim writing on this date did, I wish everyone listening a